Welcome to the Bioethics Podcast, a project of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity at Trinity International University. I'm Matthew Epinet, Executive Director of the Center. This edition of the podcast features an article from our Intersections Forum addressing disability and the church, written by someone who developed retinopathy of prematurity, which has severely affected her vision. Our Intersections Forum was launched to call attention to ways in which bioethics issues impact both churches and society at large. It's a place to interact with the ideas of pastors and other Christian leaders on these important issues, not in the formal language of academic bioethics, but in the language of theology and church ministry. Our goal is to inspire and equip pastors, ministry leaders, and lay people regarding the real-life issues that people experience at the intersection of medicine, technology, and the Christian life. The Intersections Forum is available to all through our website, cbhd.org. Just click on Intersections in the menu bar at the top of the screen. This piece was authored by Jessica C. Garski, who lives in Seattle, Washington, and is preparing for doctoral studies. Jessica holds an MDiv with a concentration in missions and intercultural studies from Talbot School of Theology, the Graduate School of Biola University, which is located in La Mirada, California. Her master's thesis offers church leaders a model of disability conceptualized from the Christian worldview, which seeks to help inform church praxis when handling matters of disability in a congregational setting. Jessica also holds a BA in sociocultural studies with an emphasis in cross-cultural missions from Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Her undergraduate research compared the attitudes of students toward people with disabilities and their beliefs about the attributes of God and his character. Jessica's research interests include disability studies, theology, and cultural anthropology. Our reader for this article is Anna Valama, CBHD's Robert D. Orr Fellow and Research Analyst. Now, here is Dispositions of the Heart by Jessica C. Garski. The onset of disability came early in life. I weighed one pound and 11 ounces when born prematurely in the mid-1980s. Within a couple of months, I developed retinopathy of prematurity, an eye disease which left me completely blind in one eye and with severe low vision in the other. Fear of the innocuous, like tangerines, grass, and the feel of water, characterized my infant years to such an extent that my parents were hard-pressed to bathe and feed me. Yet I knew about God's existence by the age of three. I knew him through my mother, who took my brother and me with her to a basement-level church sanctuary. Every day at noon, she poured her heart out with vocal fervency before God. This experience of God is lovingly gentle and is one who invites us into his presence with the full spectrum of our human emotions comforted me throughout my life. I grew up loving God in his word, attended church regularly with my family, and received salvation when I turned seven. However, that same inviting love and acceptance has not always been reflected in the church, with some holding unintentionally negative or stereotyped attitudes of me as a person with a disability. I was often told, while growing up, that it was the fault of my mother's unconfessed sin or lack of faith that is to blame for my vision loss. 
My mother is my spiritual mentor and the strongest woman of faith I know. But every year on the night of my birth, she suffers too much guilt and self-blame to sleep, not helped by unwarranted judgment from those who mean well. Others came forward to offer their prayers of deliverance and miraculous healing. I am very grateful for prayer, but hesitate when the content assumes I must be demon-possessed or cursed, thus turning my physical disability into a moral one. By comparison, being praised as a blessing or inspiration might seem benign. But comments such as, I met God through a blind girl after singing during Sunday service made me chafe uncomfortably. Far be it from me to deny anyone the grace of God they receive through what I do, but hailing disability as blessed romanticizes the often painful and ostracizing experience of being disabled and reduces me, the individual, to my disability. Other common attitudes regard me as an object of charity, a tragedy, or an undesirable and abnormal defect. The result is that people treat me with pity or consider me a burden. Worse is when they ignore me altogether. I often feel defined by my white cane rather than for the person I am in Christ. Such attitudes become devastatingly destructive when generalized to all instances of disability or when used to define the totality of a person's life. It not only negatively impacts the person with the disability, but their family and loved ones as well. Negative attitudes, not a lack of amenities like ramps and elevators, remain the biggest barrier for people with disabilities in the church today. While it is natural for people to fear the unknown, just as I was inconsolably afraid of tangerines until my mother innovated ways to acquaint me with one, the fear, anxiety, or discomfort that lies beneath negative attitudes should not and must not prevent God's people from receiving those with disabilities into the lifeblood of church community. In keeping with Jesus' command to love one another, people with disabilities are to be treated with dignity and respect as human beings made in the image of God. Since God does not perceive people according to man-made categories, separate the person from their disability and recognize them as someone fearfully and wonderfully made by the hands of their Creator Father rather than as someone primarily understood in terms of their disability. Believers who have disabilities are members of the household of faith, children of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Thus, they deserve the same honors, rights, and privileges shared by all brothers and sisters in Christ. Their full inclusion is not out of pity, charity, or social justice, but out of obedience to God in unifying the church body, worshiping God, and making him known to others. Believers with disabilities are also anointed with unique gifts of the Holy Spirit, which the church community must create room for and humbly receive. Without these, the church body is fractured and incomplete. 
I encourage laity and leadership alike to ask what their attitudes are toward people with disabilities and where those attitudes come from. In my observation, attitudes like the ones encountered throughout my life stem from the world, i.e. culture and society, or from a weak or incomplete theology on the intersections of God, faith, sin, suffering, and disability. I ask further whether those held attitudes ought to be what characterizes one's thoughts and actions towards people with disabilities in church community. The church should lead the way on thinking through complex matters Christians face in the world today. But there is a lack of training, teaching, and guidance in the area of disability. Without guidance from church leaders, laity will inevitably come up with their own ideas about disability or absorb messages about disability from society, whether it be from imbalanced secularized theology, unconscious prejudice, or the human rights movement. Laity and leadership are gently urged to take the time to reflect in prayer and to invite the Holy Spirit to search what is in their hearts while seeking out opportunity to do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The church must strive to be that sanctuary of God's permeating love and welcoming presence just as it was in one of my dearest first living memories. And it must strive to be this for all people. Let the church receive people with disabilities, not as faithless, demon-possessed, cursed, pitiful, defective, or a burden on the community, but as loved by God, covered by the blood of Christ, cherished as family, and valued for enriching the body. That was Disposition of the Heart written by Jessica C. Garski, MDiv, and read for us by Anna Valama, CBHD's Robert D. Orr Fellow and Research Analyst. This article comes from our Intersections Forum, which is available through our website, cbhd.org. Just click on Intersections in the menu bar at the top of the screen. You've been listening to the Bioethics Podcast, a project of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. The Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity is a Christian bioethics research center at Trinity International University, exploring the nexus of biomedicine, biotechnology, and our common humanity. Our website, cbhd.org, has a wealth of materials on a wide range of bioethical issues. For more information about the center and to support the work of the center and projects like this podcast, please visit our website, cbhd.org. All post-production for the Bioethics Podcast is done by CBHD Communications and Marketing Manager, Catherine Klug. My name is Matthew Epinet, and I'm the Executive Director of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. Thank you for listening to the Bioethics Podcast.